0: You're listening to The Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schram. Welcome to the show. All right, it's an exciting Time to be talking about Jesus as Creator. You know, we're coming up on Christmas season pretty soon. And I mean, especially just in our way of thinking here in American culture um, around this time of year, we have this picture of Jesus in our minds, right? As a child, as this child figure who was born into the world and raised by Mary. And Joseph and becomes this um, force, right, for the cause of the God of the Old Testament and claims to be his son, claims to be sent from him for the specific purpose of rescuing his people. And of course, we find out later in the story that the deal is everybody who will just believe. Is welcome, and we think in those terms. What we often fail to do is think in terms of Jesus as the actual Creator Himself, right? We fail to think in terms of how um, it was not just Yahweh who created this world and brought this world to be. No, it, it was actually it was actually Jesus. It was actually, as we discussed in verse one and verse two. It was the word, right? the The word of God, the person, the second person of the Trinity, um, and it's crazy, but that's what the Bible teaches: that this person who became, um, or or not became—that's not the right word—but this person who was who was born into the world as a baby, who took on this human nature, is actually the very creator of the entire world as it is. And this kind of goes into some statements that we'll get into called the I am statements as we go through the book of John, where Jesus is declaring himself as equal with the God of the old Testament, even saying, uh, before Abraham was, I am, (laughs) in other words, using that divine name to associate himself. And so we want to look briefly at some themes today that will help us to understand Jesus in his role as creator. Now, we're just going to go straight down because um, I liked this outline as much as any um, in the Dictionary of Bible Themes, um, and this is a, a great resource that's really helpful to kind of look at different themes throughout the Bible and see topically where they are mentioned and the contexts in which they are mentioned. And so what we want to do is talk about Jesus as creator. And the fact of the matter is that Scripture identifies the preexistent Jesus Christ as involved in the work of creation. And as they point out, which is really, really helpful, I think, in this Dictionary of Bible Themes, it actually relates this to his work in redemption because through that he brought new creation out of the ruins of The old. And so creation is just one of these themes that, in general, we see in the scripture that ties into multiple areas. We have initial creation, okay? And then we have new creation as it relates to a person who has been um, saved, who becomes a follower of Jesus, right? They are created, they are made new. The old things are passed away, and you're become as a new man. This is a central part of. Paul's theology, leaving behind the old man, the natural man, and trading him, right, for the spiritual man, for the ways and the thoughts and the actions of the spiritual man. And and then, of course, you have new creation, right? At the very end of days, you have creation as it relates to the entire new creation of the world. And so creation itself is a huge theme in the Bible. So we have Jesus Christ's creation of the present world. Of course, right here in John 1, 3, we find this statement. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, how's that for clarity? Okay, nothing at all was made that was not made by him jesus made all things it's as clear as it could possibly be taught in john 1 10 just a few verses down we find he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not you see kind of creating those associations between his life and ministry but also his creatorship right This world was made by Jesus. The Bible is clearly teaching us this. How about in 1 Corinthians 8, 6? But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we are him, uh, excuse me, and we by him. And, and so as we look at that, you see now we have this uh, direct association in Paul's theology between the second person of the Trinity and the first person of the Trinity, right? This kind of thinking here, uh, as expressed by the Apostle Paul, uh, just frankly gives the death knell to any sort of thinking that would seek to meaningfully separate into different beings, Yahweh. And Jesus, Um, in terms of uh, new um, times, you're thinking about things like Jehovah's Witnesses here, okay? Um, These are not consistent with the Scripture. They're just not these kind of ideas, because what we're looking at is a theology that says that even though all things were made by Yahweh, also all things were made by Jesus. And it's this... Um, tension, if you will, that must be expressed. So so we must think, again, we're back to this economical trinity versus ontological trinity here, but we must think in terms of Jesus and Yahweh as the same and yet distinct. Colossians 1, 15 and 16 says this, Who is the image of the invisible God? This is talking about Christ. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, let me say something about that real quick, okay? So that might sound a little confusing to you. As you first read it, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. See, now I can just hear my, my Jehovah's Witnesses coming in again right there and saying, aha, see, see, Jesus was the firstborn. What we have to understand is this is a term, a title of preeminence. OK, this is well known. This is I'm not making this up. This is nothing novel. OK, um, in the languages. Um, both in Greek and Hebrew, we have this sort of thing going on. Where there's this language that denotes something like becoming the firstborn or being the firstborn, right? The first fruits, the firstborn or the first fruits. And that is never talking about in terms of some sort of chronological um, precision, okay? That's not what's going on. It's always talking about an order of preeminence, order of preeminence. the same thing is is true uh when it says things like the only begotten okay hebrews claims that um isaac was the only begotten son of abraham okay but we know we know that if if it's what you're thinking in terms of that isaac was the only son of abraham well we know that's not correct right uh because abraham had another son ishmael okay the point is that in god's economy isaac is the firstborn. He is the preeminent one. Okay, and in the same way, Jesus is the preeminent one. By Him were all things created, and the specific point that Paul is making in in this verse here in Colossians one uh, one fifteen and one sixteen is that everything, whether they be thrones or Dominions or principalities, again, these are um, cosmic geographical terms um, that uh, have to do with with, um, deities and demons and things of that nature that were geographical entities, okay? They had actual um, territorial reign going on, and that's a, a podcast for a different kind of day. But the point is that in the mind of Paul, Jesus is the preeminent one. He's the one responsible for the creation of even those beings, Okay, so we're not talking about just the physical here. We're talking about the spiritual as well. This is good Jewish theology. This is good first century Christian theology. Christ was the preeminent one. There was Christ and everything else, right? Christ was the creator. Yahweh was the creator of all things, whether visible or invisible, And Hebrews 1, 2 also lends a little bit of support to this as well. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, of course this is talking about God, in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Right? So we have this tension going on here where not only is Yahweh the Creator, but Jesus is the creator as well. Okay, but not only is he the creator, you see, he's also the sustainer. The Bible teaches very clearly that he also sustains this universe. He's the one responsible for holding this universe together. Hebrews 1.3 deals with this, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, which he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high he is upholding all things by the word of his power this world holds together because Christ holds it together also colossians 1:17 and he is before all things and by him all things consist He's before all things, okay? He came before. Again, he is the preeminent one, okay? And by all, him, all things consist. What this is describing is that whatever, um, again, there's not scientific precision going on here in the mind of, uh, of Paul or any other New Testament writer, okay? Uh, we can, again, have a discussion about that sometime. I am absolutely positive that that will come up, especially when we start to look at verses like that. We definitely want to talk about them as they come up in our study through different portions of Scripture. Suffice it to say that the point for Paul here is that whatever the stuff of the world is made of, whether it be spiritual stuff, right, or whether it be physical stuff, stuff that we can um, experience with our five senses and stuff that we can't experience with our five senses, whatever that is, everything consists in Christ. He holds it all together. Now we can extrapolate that maybe with some of our scientific knowledge that we have today uh, that goes a little bit beyond maybe what they had and say, okay, well, we know that um, you know and atoms are binded together and stuff. you know I mean, are, are we going to say that necessarily Christ is, is the one like bonding together the atoms? Well, I mean in virtue of his creation, sure. Um, I don't know how far you want to extrapolate that. Um, in terms of you know God having some kind of you know mysterious force kind of grip on the universe and holding it together, if you want to go there, um, fine. But uh, for me, I'm willing to go as far as the Bible goes, and the Bible just clearly says that all of these things, whether they be visible or invisible, they're held together by Christ. They were created by Christ, and they are held together by Christ. They are sustained. They are upheld by Him. Jesus Christ will also bring the entire work of creation to perfection. Let's look at Ephesians 1, 9, and 10. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. So we see this theme again, back to just creation in general, where Jesus is actually going to bring the consummation about, right? He's going to bring this unperfect or imperfect, excuse me, this imperfect world to perfection. The creation that it was once intended to be. And frankly, this is just good thinking. This is just good theology. We need to be on board with this, okay? Because. This particular challenge answers so many of the cultural and worldview-level challenges that we face, okay? We face challenges about the nature of sexuality, about the, the very nature of humanity itself. And these are things that, when we go back to creation, we can see that there was a created order. There is a reason for this. It's not arbitrary. It's not just because we say so. It's not just because we think so, okay? The world was created in a certain way. And when we go back to creation, we can see God's intent for the world, and that is what informs our worldview decisions. That's what informs even our uh, political decisions and our decisions when it comes to the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, and things like that. There are actual reasons for this stuff, and so we have to look back to the Scripture in order to get there. Jesus makes a new creation possible, okay? He does this. Again, he creates. Recreates people through new birth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, right, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He works in us and changes us from the inside out. Um, John 1, 12 through 13, we'll get there in just a few days, but um, or a few weeks. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? Born of God. Um, that is the second birth that we'll discuss when we get to John chapter 3. But Jesus makes this possible through his redemption. Jesus Christ's work of new creation also should be evident in believers' lives. What an important point. What an important point. Ephesians 4.24, and that ye put on the new man, okay, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, the idea is not simply that we become something new. It's that we put it on, okay, That we actually begin to live in this way, to live consistently with the fact that we are a new creation. And again, Jesus, through the work of the Spirit, is the only person who can empower this, who can even make this possible. The whole entire point of the law is to be a schoolmaster, um, uh, Paul says in Galatians, okay? The point is, we can't live up to the law. No matter how much we want to, no matter how hard we try, we just can't. It's against our nature, but through this new birth that Christ makes possible, he gives us power, right? He gives us the ability to overcome. He gives us the ability to desire more, to desire better for ourselves because we're able to make the distinction between what our flesh wants and what our spirit needs. That's the difference. And it should be evident in our lives when we have made this change. Uh, Paul speaks to it again here in Colossians. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Right? Just how wild, right? I mean, because this is talking about, this is language, right, that goes back to Yahweh. But again, it's because of Christ. Putting on the new man is because of Christ. We're, we're made in the image of God, in the image of Christ. And they, <laughs> if you want to say that, are the ones who created us. And then finally, the final point I want to make here is that through Jesus Christ, a new heaven and earth will be created. 2 Peter 3.13 says this, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And that's another huge topic, but the point there, very simply, is that when new creation comes, and trust me, new creation is coming, and when new creation comes, it will be through Jesus Christ. I'm excited for that day. There's a lot of political turmoil in the world right now. There's a lot of worldview considerations and concerns we have to face in the world right now. But I'm thankful that new creation is coming. I'm thankful that the same Jesus who created the world, the same Jesus who created me, the same Jesus who made it possible for me to become a new creation, right, and born of God and not simply born of the will of man or born of flesh, that same that same Jesus is, He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein, the Bible says, dwelleth righteousness. There is righteousness and goodness there. And I am looking forward to that day and looking forward to that time. John 1, 3, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is not just our Savior. Jesus is our creator. The creator of the world, the creator of our new man, and also the creator of the new heavens and the new earth. I can't wait for that. All right, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. I am... Thrilled that you decided to ha- come hang out for a few minutes. And um, what I would like for you to do, if you would, is share this podcast with others as we're going through the Bible. Again, we are um, attempting to go through different portions of Scripture in a way that is um, both theologically and apologetically informed. Um, I'm kind of just loosely term- terming this um Uh, expository apologetics and theology. You know, I mean, we want to go through the Bible and see what the deeper truths are. We want to see what is there for us beyond just the practical application. The practical application is important, but good practical application will always be informed by good theology. And of course, if we don't know how to defend what we believe, well, then why believe it, right? We must have a defense. That's what uh, Peter instructs us to have in First Peter three fifteen, And so it's very, very important that we approach the Bible with that kind of mindset. And that's what we do here on this podcast. So if you have some friends who are Bible nerds or some friends that you think should be Bible nerds, I wish you would just share this podcast with them so that we can get this message out to more people. Lastly, I wanted to say that I do still have a uh, awesome promotion going on for a free book. You can get a free book from our ministry called God, the Great Commission, and You. I just added some great bonuses to that offer. Um, as I'm recording this, I just did that this morning. So there are now five bonuses that you get as an instant download for going and picking up this free Book. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. It's $7.95 for shipping and handling. That's cheaper than the price of the book on Amazon. And not only that, but you get all these free bonuses delivered instantly as well. It's easily the best offer that I have ever made available. So I hope you'll go take advantage of that. It's super easy to get to the page for that. Just go to steveshram.com slash book steveshram.com book. That'll take you to the order page and you can check out there, get those bonuses instantly. And also we'll get that physical book sent out in the mail to you ASAP. Okay. God bless. Thank you so much again for joining us and we'll see you on the next one.